This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi and welcome to the Nukuda <clears throat> podcast. This is the auspicious day of Tesvov Be'av, the 15th day of Av, which was considered to be one of the greatest uh, Yom Toivim in Eretz Yisrael in the times of the Besamikdash. Uh, at that time, it was a particularly uh, auspicious day for making Shaduchim, uh, where the, the eligible girls went out <clears throat> in, uh, I guess, speci- specified places and danced, and the Bokhram, uh were looking at them, uh, which is interesting, but uh, apparently at that time that was the way the people found the Shaduchim, and uh, it was a... Um, uh, and they were, of course, saying that, you know, you should be looking for the right things, not just looking for beauty and that kind of thing, the external stuff, but looking for the panemius. Anyway... Um, it's also Parsha's uh, Akiv. And that Parsha, not only, of course, you know, is a very significant Parsha for everything that it says in uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, speaking to uh, Klal Yisrael uh, before they went to Eretz Yisrael, but also it's significant in the sense that uh, it contains, uh, first of all, the Pusik, um, uh that we say for, that is the foundation of the mitzvah of Birkas Muslim. And it also contains Vehoyim Shemoya, and also contains what we call the Parshas Hayira, Mashem Shoyim Imach Kim Liyira. There's a lot of uh, very, very, these are Parshas that we you know, say every day, so it's important to know uh, the implications of them. And if we can make some kind of a uh, connection to the day of Tuba'av specifically, what that might signify. Um, What's interesting is in the Parsha of the Year, for example, even though it says openly about uh, serving Hashem with Yira, obviously, um, it also immediately talks about the issue of Ahava also. So it's a very clear indication that you can't uh, have one without the other. You can't have Ahava without Yira, and you can't have Yira without Ahava. It becomes very imbalanced, and it's not able to cope with uh, the challenges that we have in the Voidus Hashem. In general, at the same time, we also see there's an idea of serving Hashem uh, as a son and, and serving Hashem as a slave. Uh, the differences between those two, which are uh, highlighted in um, in the Rosh Hashanah davening specifically, im kabonim im avudim. It's also talking about two different types of avoid, and one more based on fear and more based on love. Um, and uh, we also have this through the Behoim Shemoya Tishmei is also, you know, talking about love and fear. It's talking about the idea that Hashem is uh, promising us all these all this good things um, if we do his mitzvahs. And uh, if we don't, of course, the opposite. So if we leave him, you know, we get the opposite. So there's this whole idea of Schar Oynish. Um, and we realize the schar is not just because kind of you know buying us out. It's it's a matter of showing his love for us. It's an, it's an expression of his love and his desire for us. Uh, it also talks about uh, the idea of the cheshik in, in, in the um, 
Parshas Yira talks about the idea of the cheshek, the desire that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael. And it's really supposed to be mutual. In other words, we have a cheshek to serve him, and he has a cheshek to be connected to us and to be our king and our father and our leader. Um, so the dynamic here is very, very important. And then we have also this, this concept of v'yachalta v'savata v'yrachta, which is the basis of Birkas HaMozim, uh, a mitzvah that we generally uh, observe at least once a day, and a very important concept as well, the idea of breaking a bracha, that's Lord Rabbonin, uh, before the eating, but then you have to make this, this bracha after eating, uh, which indicates that we are, Hashem is also giving us good things on a daily basis, and the, we're supposed to be satisfied with those things. That is something which we're supposed to, to give us a feeling of satisfaction and a feeling of, of uh, shlemus, of fullness, of, of, of uh, uh, doing something that uh, gives us pleasure. At the same time, we are turning that around and thanking Hashem for it and acknowledging Hashem as being the source of all that good and also hopefully uh, acknowledging the fact that it's coming out of love and it's coming out of not, not just obligation, that he has to feed us just to survive. This is this idea of severe that we have to be satisfied. It's an idea that we're supposed to be enjoying it and getting something out of it and, and feeling, uh, feeling you know, uh, fulfilled in a sense through that. So there's more than, again, just the minimum. So this is interesting... Um, from a number of angles, and just to explore, I don't have, you know, it's a complicated subject, and I don't have, you know, a lot of pat answers or anything, I don't want to oversimplify, but there is, it is important, I think, to explore some of the issues involved here, uh, because it helps us better to understand our relationship with Hashem, and the basis for our avoidance Hashem, and what avoidance Hashem is supposed to uh, involve. Um, and how to uh, get through difficult times, times that are the challenges that we're faced with. I mean, the Akedah, for example, was an example of, of an extreme test of, uh, of Roma Vini, who obviously was uh, represented the whole middah of chesed, serving Hashem with love. And because of his fear of Hashem, he was tested with the, or rather, in order to test his fear as well, that that should be a part of the equation, uh, he was tested to sacrifice his own son, Yitzchak. Yitzchak also uh, represented Gvura and Midas Adin and Yira. Uh, so it's also the Amantokas Adinim that, you know, that, that, that these love should override the Yira. It has to take precedence in a sense. But on the other hand, if we only serve Hashem through love, then it's like we're looking out for ourselves. We're doing it only when it feels good. We're doing it only when we get something back for it as opposed to doing it out of fear, which which is, involves a commitment when we're doing it no matter what, whether it feels good or not, or even out of extreme pressure and duress and all the other things that have uh, come upon the Eden throughout the years and tested them in terms of their commitment to serving Hashem. Uh, okay, so... I was thinking about uh, the difference here between uh, the idea of um, going lifnishus adin was going beyond just the what's required of us according to Jewish law, so to speak, uh, halacha, and that involves 
a desire to go beyond the aspect of Yira. In other words, Yira, especially is on the level of Yira, so Oynish is just the fear of punishment, and you're not going to get punished if you don't go the extra mile and do things that you're not required to do. Uh, you will probably get more rewards for it. It's not going to be ignored. It's going to be it's going to be noticed, and it will be rewarded ultimately. But you're not if you're not don't have, you're not doing it out of fear because you're not going to get punished if you don't do it. So what is in Lifner's Pesuchus Din? The the term itself means going beyond strict judgment. Because you're not going to be judged one way or the other, but you will benefit from it, obviously. But it's something that you do because you want to, and not because you're being forced to. So there's a very significant difference between the avoid, I think, of, of um, somebody who's brought up from, so to speak, the from from birth, as they call it, uh, people who were educated within a, a, a uh, and, and brought up in a from uh, society and a from family where their parents are observant and they were educated in that system, and you know where is their avoid coming to as opposed from as opposed to uh, what we call a tinikshanishba, a person who had very little education whose parents are not from. They were brought up into it, and they choose out of their own uh, desire to serve Hashem, and they don't really feel obligated one way or the other because uh, it's, it's very rare that you'll find somebody taking on the mitzvahs because they really feel obligated to it unless they have an additional feeling there's something about it that attracts them to change their life over and, and uh, become a Balchuba. So um, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. On the one hand, the person who is brought up into the system, so to speak, <clears throat> is uh, is not necessarily thinking into his relationship with Hashem and why he does the mitzvahs and you know whether he's getting something out of it or not. He's doing it because he's following the crowd to some extent. He's he was brought up that way. He was he was told he was he was always educated to believe and it's part of his, his belief system that this is important and this is significant and uh, again this idea of you know, especially as a child if he doesn't do it he's going to be punished for it uh, there are consequences if you don't follow the mitzvahs uh, and he wants to emulate his parents and go in the ways of his parents more normally unless he's rebellious type uh, meaning that he's doing it because he doesn't really feel he has a choice about it I mean this is what we do and we just do it we don't ask questions and uh, this is what's done um, now, this does not encourage a person to go, uh, again, leave Nehemiah Adin, and is basically out of Yira because he's afraid of being rejected or ostracized or being, you know, cast out if he doesn't do it. Um, and it doesn't require him to go and look into the idea of Ahava and doing it because he wants to or because he gets something out of it or because he feels something in the course of doing it. So that, on, on the one hand, it's, it, this, is, I mean, this is the way the Jewish people have survived throughout the ages because it, it, very often uh, Jews were not highly educated or they were doing it because they felt they, you know, they were doing it out of obligation, so to speak. Uh, you know, I mean, we did make the commitment of Nasev Nishma, meaning that we're going to do it regardless of whether we understand it or you know, appreciate it or not. But this is kind of the, the common denominator, the consistent quality of avoidance throughout the generations that the Yidden have served Hashem out of, out of this aspect, this concept of Yira. It must be, it's, it's, it's a, the, the obligation, the commitment, the uh, consistency, and uh, the fear of, you know, if we do the wrong thing, we're going to get punished for it. I mean, it's, it's going it's to affect us one way or the other. Um, the Balchuva, or the, the Tinnishanispa specifically, a Balchuva meaning a person who, a true Balchuva, so to speak, one more person who was educated 
within to do Torah mitzvahs and he went away from it and came back again is kind of a different story. But in terms of the the, uh, the person who was uh, born into the secular society and then turned himself over is a person generally that is more doing it out of Ahava than Yira because since he wasn't, it wasn't baked into him this concept of punishment and all the years he didn't do it and he may or not have gotten punished for it but usually uh, in, in almost all cases he's doing it because he he gets something out of it, he sees something in it, he's attracted to it, something has has inspired him and he's doing it because he wants to, he's not doing it because he has to. He's definitely been uh, been been encouraged. Something something about it is is drawing him in. So he's going to be looking more at his avoida. If that's the basis of his avoida, is what he's getting out of it, then he's going to be more attracted to doing things that give him a greater sipic, a greater uh, uh, enjoyment of the mitzvah, a more you know closer uh, feeling to Hashem. Um, uh, you know, he's, 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 he sees the meaning in it, whatever. All these things are extremely important to him, and he, he would be probably less motivated to do things that he do, either doesn't understand the reason for or that you know, he may question uh, the logic of it or he, something about it bothers him or whatever. There's, there's conflicts like that with, with, with uh, uh, people that come into Yiddishkeit, you know, and maybe some things they do do and some things they don't do because they're not comfortable doing certain things. That's all because the basis of the avoided to begin with was um, based on their seichel and their emotional response and this kind of thing that attracted them and gave this this this, this desire to get involved. Uh, that's why, you know, they may do certain things and certain things not. Whereas for the person who's brought up with the concept of Kabbalah's all, that the whole thing is about accepting the whole thing as a package deal and you don't ask questions so much about meaning or whatever that, you know, that, that might come or it might not come, but the consistency and, and the dedication and the de- desire to, to uh, fulfill all the mitzvahs and not do anything wrong is the main motivator, whether you do understand it or you don't understand it or you like it or you don't or whatever, and that's, you know, you do it more like a soldier than a, um, than a uh, I don't know, uh, than, than somebody that, you know, gets something out of it, that, you know, is like, gets high on Yiddishkeit, whatever. Um, so this is a very, very important distinction between the, the, the experience of Yiddishkeit, between the level of Ahava, where you do it, you know, it, it's more conditional on experiencing some kind of joy and some kind of uh, appreciation, some kind of understanding um, then a person that's not that, that, that's not brought up that way, it, it's that's kind of secondary to him whether he does enjoy it or he doesn't enjoy it. He knows he has to do it regardless. Um, so what I would attempt to do is to relate this to the idea of shiduchim and the idea of marriage in general. Marriage is the type of thing where the the world, the whole bria, was set up with a concept of two opposites, that is the Zohar and the Keva, the male and female, coming together to create, uh, to generate a family, which is for the mitzvah Puravu, which is, you know, the most essential mitzvah of, of you know, settling the earth. Um, this is like the, 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 the priority, and it's done, this is the way it's done. Uh, one of the tragedies of, of, of today, of course, is that you know these, these basic foundations of, 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 of the world are being questioned by uh, modern society uh, with all kinds of you know 
questions because of changes in, in, in various things. But, you know, biology, basic biology doesn't change. The point is that, that it is uh, the, the coming together of male and female that populates the world and that carries things on for future generations. And that's, that's how Hashem intended it. Uh, and it goes into Ruchnius, of course, uh, very deeply into Ruchnius, the whole idea of Zohan Akeva, Mashpiyam Akabal, that one is giving, one is receiving. Uh, and this is the whole fabric of, 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 of Gashmias and Ruchnius is based on, on that, that uh, coming together. So it's something that's obligatory. It's not something that is optional. It's a basic idea of a zivig of, of, of uh, marriage and the kedusha of marriage, uh, particularly, you know, the Jewish marriage is, is based on the concept of kedushin, of, 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 uh, of a holiness and a holy relationship. Um, and that this is, uh, this is what the whole thing is based on. This is the most basic aspect of our, our avoida. Uh, and, it, and it parallels the relationship between uh, Hashem and the Jewish people as being also a, a kind of a, a, a spousal relationship in a sense, a, a husband and wife uh, type idea, which is brought out all over the place, the whole idea of Pesach being in Shirim and Lachtech Acharab Midbar. This was the whole honeymoon period between Hashem and Klal Yisrael where the Yid followed Hashem basically with love, you know, unquestionably, even, even though they're going into a very uh, desolate environment, dangerous environment. Um, because of the love that that was between them, They're, the whole idea of din really had barely been introduced because they hadn't received the Torah yet, and they received the Torah basically out of a willingness to commit themselves with that kind of love. Now, when uh, obviously the, the concept of the zivig between uh, Zachar and Akeva is also based not just on the obligation to get married in order for, to fulfill the mitzvah pruvu, but also uh, because of a certain cheshik. You know, there is a desire on the part of uh, young men and women to, uh, you know, to, they're attracted to each other. And hopefully in the course of the zivig, uh, people choose a spouse also on the basis, to some extent, on the basis of their attraction. Tubav teaches that, that that should not be the ikker reason why you choose a particular zivig. But, you know, on the other hand, that that's uh, inevitable and you're not going to, probably want to get somebody involved with somebody that you're not uh, attracted to at all. So this idea is that there, even though it, it, it involves both aspects, the idea of a commitment, which is an idea of din, you're, you're entering into a legal relationship that requires this, the, the, each spouse to do certain things for the sake of the other, uh, you're making, you're making, uh, you know, you're, you're involving obligations which are legally binding in terms of what each one has to do for the other. Uh, but also, there's obviously the idea of love and shalom bias, and and uh, the the marriage relationship is the dogma, it's, it's the, the symbol and the the, the uh, prototype for any kind of a um, any kind of a, a uh, love relationship. So, so you can talk about. Um, there, in, in the course of a marriage, there are many different stages. And that original attraction very often wears off, and it has to be replaced by a more mature, you know, deeper love relationship on, on the one hand. But what keeps it going during the rough periods when you don't feel that, that kind of attraction? It's the obligation. 
In other words, that there is a legal obligation. And hopefully people are, uh, the whole idea of giving aksuba and various various legal obligation aspects there is that people should think twice before they break it up just because they've lost the attraction. Uh, because the um, in, in the non-Jewish world, that obligation is, is taken much less seriously um, the idea of breaking up a marriage is uh, is considered to be, you know is, is is taken much more lightly, um, but in the Jewish society, that's uh, there are you know safeguards in place which are intended to make people take that much more seriously. So in the same way, where a person is the the aspect of fear and and uh, uh, an obligation in Yiddishkeit causes us to to even difficult times to perform the mitzvahs because we have to take it seriously on an, obligate, on an obligation basis. Uh, and we're not going to just, you know, say, well, you know, when going gets rough, I'm just going to jump ship and, and uh, join the other side, uh, although there were generations that that did happen. Um, this, this idea of, you know, even if I don't feel it, I'm going to do it anyway because of the, the obligation aspect. And for the Zivig, that's also an extremely important thing is to realize that there's an obligation involved and there's a tachlis, there's a meaning, there's a, there's a, a, a purpose uh, which goes beyond just the feeling, you know, the emotional feeling or what I'm getting out of it or what the other spouse is doing for me to fulfill my needs and that kind of thing. Um, so it's really a very, very parallel thing, the idea of accepting mitzvahs on ourselves and uh, and our, our performance of mitzvahs throughout our lives, regardless of what we're getting something out of it or not, uh, and but at the same time being uh, motivated to seek the love relationship because that's the shlemus, that's the that's the the completion of the relationship is when there is both aspects of love and fear. So that is the 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 problem sometimes with the um, with the person who's brought, who's brought up in the system, so to speak, they are less motivated to go the extra mile and try to, to experience that, that simcha and that love and that chishik that is supposed to be part of the relationship between Klal Yisrael and, and uh, Hashem. It was, if we're going to say that these are two parallel things, just as uh, a relationship between man and, and uh, husband and wife is supposed to in, involve both the aspect of obligation and the aspect of, of love and and uh, desire for one one another, the relationship between Klali Surah and Hashem is also supposed to involve both. And that's why we have the idea, you know, v'chalt v'savata v'irachto, is that that we appreciate that Hashem is giving us so much more than we just need to survive out of love. That that's an expression of love of Hashem, that He's given us so many wonderful things in the Eretz, the uh, and Dvash, you know, the beautiful land of Eretz Yisrael, and, and all these chasudim are coming out of love, not out, out of obligation. He could have gotten away with giving us much less. Uh, but because He's given us so much wonderful, so many wonderful things, and our consciousness of that, and our ability to be, to be satisfied with that, because there's this idea, if we're just doing it for ourselves, then there's this problem of, uh, you know, Mishish Lomona, a person who has a hundred, you know, hundred dollars wants two hundred dollars. It was this, this, this constant desire to have more and more and more, which is you know a motivational thing that keeps us going. But in terms of a relationship with Hashem, there's an idea of, of being satisfied. We have to be able to say, you know, it's it's enough, or or it's more than enough, or or you know, I'm 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 satisfied with this. I'm certainly not going to complain about not having enough, which is a big problem in the midbar. But also, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to recognize it again. Why 
intercession do this at all, is simply to show us that he loves us. So it's not a question of quantity. It's not a question of how much we have, we have and he's keeping giving us enough. It's a, it's, it, whatever he gives us is enough because it's showing us that it's something we should be satisfied with because it's an expression of love and therefore we express our love back to him by through the Birkos Muslim, through through you know our, our, our expression expression of of love and appreciation for that which he gives us because you know the relationship takes place through the Gashmias, that's the idea of you know giving uh, presence between the bride and, and, and the groom also the, the matonis the prize the the the, the uh, uh, gifts that they give one to another are an expression of of the love aspect rather than just the legal commitment. Okay, so that's that's about all we have time for today. This is obviously a very, very uh, broad subject and uh, something that requires a great deal of thought um, and a lot of aspects to it. But these are some of the issues involved, and I hope that uh, it's become a little clearer, uh, the relationship between uh, Tuba Av and Parsis Ekev.